Okay, so we're on week 10. Everybody say week 10. Week 10 of the Boogeyman series. we got some cool stuff coming up after it. I'm really excited. I'm like planning like two, three series out. I think it's going to be really, really good. Uh, but for right now, we're still in this one. Fighting the good fight against uh, anxiety. And so anxiety is something that has run rampant uh, through uh, my generation and through your generation and this youth group, Echo Youth, for the last 10 weeks have decided that we're going to put our foot down and say no, you know. And uh, we're not going to let uh, the last two years in this global pandemic determine the rest of our lives uh, and turning it into a life filled with anxiety and stress and depression, all that kind of stuff. So we know that in G- with Jesus, uh, there's more than that to our life. And so we're putting our foot down. Amen. And so we're in week 10. Uh, and next week will be our last week of a, a teaching, and then we're going to do uh, some small groups, and it'll be really great. But if you're taking notes, which I always encourage you to do, this message is going to be uh, going to be fun, going to be interesting. Um, you good, Simon? <laughs> Tying his face together. Um, okay, so this week, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to. It's going to be called or entitled Stage 5 Clinger. Stage five clinger, which is kind of ironic considering the stories I just told. But stage five clinger. I should have saved those for the message. Max Lucado starts off uh, his his chapter on uh, clinging to Christ with this quote that says, we bear fruit by focusing on Christ. Okay, you want to hear another story real quick? Okay, another story. This is a fun one. So I moved to Visalia. This will be short. I moved to Visalia, and uh, my dad uh, was a new pastor on staff, and so what happens when new pastors uh, come to a church is they usually come up on stage, and the pastor introduces them to the whole congregation. Everyone cheers. Yay, welcome. We love you. And then you get a whole bunch of, like, cards and all that kind of good stuff, okay? So we, uh, this church is real big. They had, like, four services, so every service we had to walk up on stage, you know, this whole thing. And so... At this point, we're living in a hotel, so we go back to our hotel, and I'm there, and on Facebook Messenger, you know, uh, at that time, it was just on Facebook. They weren't two separate apps, and so on Facebook, I got a notification, and then I got another notification. I said, okay, sounds good. So I look, and it's like these DMs from these uh, two girls who have the same last name, awkward, um, and they were both like, hey, saw you at church today. We should hang out, smiley face, and uh, something like that. And their sisters, which is super awkward. I was like, you guys not talk about, like, this whole thing? And <laughs> so one of them was younger than me. One of them was older than me. And so, um, anyways, I wasn't really into, like, trying to just jump right into it like that. And so, but I was talking to them. like, oh, cool, yeah, let's be friends. Let's hang out, you know. And uh, so we're chatting back and forth or whatever. And so the older one, like, she was older than me a couple years. And so, like, it was cool. It was like we were just homies and, and uh, it was a good time. And then the younger one, like, she was getting, like, really, uh, like, you could tell she was pushing for this, like, whole relationship thing. And I was like, nah, we're good, you know, we don't need to go there. Whatever. Two weeks into just texting, this girl texts me, I think I love you, da 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 <laughs> So I was like, I was like, oh, no. And uh, so... Uh, the infamous, like, thanks went, came back in, uh, and so I was like, oh, my goodness, and then it was just this, you know, that one, it, it wasn't, I, I really spent a lot of time letting her down easy, so it wasn't, like, this whole bad thing, but 
also, I was like, two weeks? Really? Like, and we didn't even, you know, there was nothing. We didn't go on a date. I didn't even, like, really flirt, like, texting or anything. And I think I love you. Da, da, da. I was like, oh, my gosh. Clanger, you know. Clanger alert. And then, uh, but you guys laugh. You've seen it on movies or you've experienced it yourself. Sometimes you encounter a person or a fr- you've ever had a clingy friend. A friend who's like, uh, if you hang out with any other friends, I swear, and you don't invite me, <gasps> you know, and they're freaking out. It's like, okay, chill out. It's fine. I can have more than one friend. But we've all encountered people who just latch on quick and don't want to let go. Really, really clingy, right? And I love my clinger friends because we're tight and we're cool. But also, like, you know, you got you to gotta create some space. But the point of me bringing up this story about clingy people and clingy things is... One of the ways that we can help navigate anxiety, funny enough, is to be clingy with Jesus. Is to cling on to Jesus. Someone is dying out there, and I think it's my son. Um, he is losing his mind. All right, we're good. Um, <laughs> but the way we can navigate uh, anxiety is like the funny stories, but being a little bit more serious, is clinging to Jesus, is, is holding on tight to Jesus. In John 15, how Jesus talks about how uh, he's the vine and we're the branches and the Father's the wine dresser. You guys remember this scripture? I've talked about it a couple times, how he's the vine and we're the branches and all this stuff. But here's the thing. We can't possibly produce fruit without being connected to the vine. And that's the whole point of the story. So if you guys w- will imagine with me this really beautiful grapevine, it's, it's, it comes out of the ground, and it's got a thick vine. The vine is like the thick stem part, and so the, it, it, it flows in its certain ways, and then it's got branches that flow out, and those are the ones that look real messy, and they're all over the place. And usually they're hung up on some sort of like fence or trellis or something like that and so to, to hold shape and things like that. So that's how it works. But can you imagine if the branches just detached from the vine – And then reattached on Sunday mornings, and then detached, and then reattached on Wednesday nights, and then detached again. I don't think they would survive. So the model here is that if if Jesus is saying he's the vine, we're the branches, we have to figure out a way to be attached at all times. Because if, if his analogy is true, Jesus is our source of life. And so just like these funny stories I've said or, or these uh, experiences you've had, we have to be almost clingy to Christ. Like we don't want to leave his side. We don't want to detach from Jesus ever. Amen? But sometimes we forget that you can't produce fruit without being connected to the vine. And we want to follow Paul's command to think about what is true and righteous and holy like we talked about last week. But then we realize that our willpower skipped leg day and we just can't do it. Right? And I'm, I'm thinking about starting a series in like a couple months called When Your Willpower Skips Leg Day. And it'll be a really good one. But here's the point. We can't do it on our own. We just can't. So how do I do what Paul asks? How do I think about righteous things? How do I simply be anxious for nothing? Like, how do I do these things, right? 
not by focusing on producing fruit, but simply by abiding in the vine. Think about it. There's a vine, the branches, let's give them all personalities. There's the Bob branch, there's the Billy branch, there's the the Beth branch, there's the Bella branch. All bees because branches. And they're all having a good time. And, and then they realize all of a sudden that they're not producing fruit. They don't have grapes on their branches. So they start freaking out and they start, you know, push harder. Come on. You know, just one grape. Just one grape. Come on, Billy. Right? That's not, that's not how you go about producing fruit, right? How you would go about producing fruit, what they should do is just trace back to the vine and make sure the connection is good. And if they're attached to the vine and the vine is getting water, then they'll produce fruit. Amen? So the way we produce fruit, the way we do what Paul asked, the way we walk through this life avoiding this perpetual state of anxiety is not by focusing on doing the good things, not by focusing on following the rules, but simply by focusing on abiding in Jesus. So John 15, 4 through 10, we're going to read a lot. We're going to throw it up on the screen. John 15 through 10, it says all this. Follow along with me on the screen or, on your, or in your Bibles. And this is the ESV version. It says, abide in me and I in you. This is Jesus talking. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. It's like, pause right there. It's like, if you're a gardener and you see that a portion of, of the plant is dying, you just cut it off. And then, and then you water the rest and then it'll bloom again with a healthier version, right? And so what Jesus is saying is, and this is, this is an intense kind of thought process, is that if you think of this youth group, uh, Echo Youth, as a bunch of branches, each and every one of you is a branch and we're all connected to the vine, which is Jesus, if you view it that way, and some of us are withering away and some of us are really trying to survive, uh, it's the duty of the wine dresser to cut away the ones that are just withering so that the life of the other ones can be fulfilled, right? And so for us, it's not just about us. It's about our friends. It's not just about uh, living this life with, with Christ. So our lives have changed. It's about, like I said, getting our friends here and then our friends that are, are here are not holding them back. That's why, I, that's why I get serious about not distracting your friend in worship or distracting your friend uh, during the message is because there's something that God wants to speak to you and to your friend. And if you are holding uh, it back, there has to be some pruning taking place. There has to be something that gets cut back. Hey, we got to cut back distractions. We got to cut back this. So we got to focus on the life changing power of Jesus. And if it really changes our lives and we really find it valuable, we'll tell our friends about it. Amen. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me... And my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So Jesus is basically saying, if you're attached to him, if you're walking with him, if you're holding Jesus hand in hand, ask for whatever you want, and he'll give it to you. 
Why? Because if you're attached to him, you'll have his heart. Meaning that you'll, you'll, you'll long for the things he longs for. You'll want the things that he wants. The branch wants exactly what the vine wants. Because when the vine, in, in, the, in a literal sense, not necessarily really talking about Jesus at this point, but when the vine is, when you water, the, the vine wants water. When you water the vine, the vine produces these branches and the branches produce fruit. The whole system works when the branches want what the vine wants. And so I want what Jesus wants. I want his kingdom to come. I want people to be saved. I want, I want a resurrection to happen. I want revival in, in the streets. I want what Jesus wants. Amen. I want people to be healed. I want, I want the poor to stop being poor and, and, to, and to be blessed by people who are, who are rich. I want people to be cared for. I want the widows to be taken care of. I want orphans to be cared for and parented by loving Christians. Right? I want all of these things because Jesus wants them. Amen. Because I want what the vine wants. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. How do I abide in love? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And so we follow this kind of text here of just abiding in Jesus, just being with Jesus, just walking with Jesus. And when that happens, we all of a sudden learn how to produce good fruit, like Paul talks about in Galatians 5. Or we learn how to think good thoughts, like Paul talked about last week in Philippians 4. Right? We, we, we all of a sudden, and we don't have to try. It's like the branches don't have to try to produce fruit. They just abide in the vine. We don't have to try and, and rid ourselves of anxiety when we abide in the vine. When we, when we put Jesus first, when we seek after him, we'll all of a sudden start seeing fruit in our lives. We'll all of a sudden see our thought process change. We'll all of a sudden, and all these practices that we've talked about for the last nine weeks are good. Like take control of your thoughts and, 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 and practice good habits. These are how you stay in line, right? But at the end of the day, none of this works unless you're attached to Jesus. John 15, 8, which says, by, by this my Father is glorified that you uh, bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. John 15, 8 shows that we, have, that we honor God by abiding in Jesus. So we want to not be anxious and to bear fruit. But do we do that by trying harder? No. You don't accomplish Leaving anxiety in the past and following Jesus by trying harder. You accomplish it by hanging tighter. Right? So it's, it's, it's not about trying as hard as you can. It's about abiding in Jesus. It's about holding on to Jesus as tight as you can. Amen? Max Lucado says, Our assignment is not necessarily fruitfulness but more so faithfulness. And because of our faithfulness, we'll bear fruit. We get it mixed up. We, we think, and this is when it turns into legalism. We think as Christians that we're supposed to be this way and live this way and live, blah, 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 whatever. And everybody who doesn't, it's like, oh, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you, right? We think that we're supposed to follow the rules and tell everybody else to follow the rules. And I got I to gotta show you your sin because you're a sinner and blah, blah, blah. Not necessarily. The fruitfulness comes after what? faithfulness. The call is to be faithful. I just want to be faithful. I want to, I want to follow Jesus. I want to live in, in step in step with Jesus. Amen? 
abiding. Jesus says the word abide in that, in that short passage that we read. If you want to throw it back up there just for reference. This, yeah, this is the second page. There's two pages of this. Okay, in seven verses, Jesus says the word abide ten times. Abide in this, abide in this, abide, 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 abide. Ten times in seven verses he says abide. So, he's trying to get a point across. <laughs> if he says it ten times, what he's saying is this is super important. It's like when you, you've seen it in the Bible, Jesus will say, truly, truly, I say to you. Why, why does he say it twice? Because it's important. Well, he said it twice, it's important. He said abide ten times in this one small. So what is he saying? This is the key to life. All the, all the self-help, all the different things you can look up, all the books you can read, it's great. Those are helpful. Even the last nine weeks that we've talked, all the practices we've talked about are really, really helpful. They're really good, but none of it works without abiding in Jesus. And if you abide in Jesus, everything else will work. And everything else will just play, it out, play out. How do I survive this life? It's crazy. And people my age have been... I see them all the time talking about, how, why would I have kids? Why would I bring someone into this world when the world is this crazy? You know why we bring, there's two reasons why we bring, as when you gr grow up and you're contemplating having kids, there's two reasons to do it. One, because we can't change the world if we don't have people with us. Why would I, like, why would I let the e evil run rampant when I can produce good? The second thing, right, in this, in this whole thing is because I know how to make it through. And this is what I will teach Vince as soon as he can understand what I'm saying. That we just abide in Jesus. We just lean on Jesus. We hold Jesus' hand. We walk with Jesus. We go to Jesus every day. We, we, we set time in our day every morning, every night, or whatever it is. We set time in our day, scheduled time with Jesus. We abide in him, and everything else will work itself out. Everything else. And this is why... In a couple weeks, we're going to start a new series called Hurry Up and Slow Down. And I'm going to talk about four rhythms of life that will set us on a path to just encounter Jesus every day. This can be really, really good. A healthy branch never lets go of the vine. Because it would die. And this is why, like I said earlier, this is why Wednesday nights are great, but not enough. And this is why Sunday mornings are great, but not enough. If, if, if the vine's just <laughs> on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then tried to reattach and get all they can, that's why people leave church and, oh, I'm not getting fed enough. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say this. This will probably go, someone will quote me and get mad at me. But uh, as a pastor, I'm not in the business of feeding you anything. I'm in the business of teaching you how to cook your own food. Does that make sense? It's not me to just dump the Bible into you and eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. No, that's not my job. It's just not. My job is to teach you how to read this thing for what it is, and it's life-changing, and it, and it will lead you and guide you and set your life up that you'll never fail because Jesus is walking with you. That's my job. My job is to teach you how to walk with Jesus. Not teach you how to eat. I'm not being fed enough. Go to a Wendy's, dude. Come on. You know what I mean? But anyways, that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, but we abide every day. 
right? Let me give you an example. Any of you been to a baseball game? Okay, so I went to a baseball game. I've been to many baseball games, but I went to a baseball game when I was really young, probably eight, nine years old, something like that. Not really young, but I was young. And this baseball, this particular baseball game was in New York City. So we were in New York City, and uh, we were seeing a Mariners game in New York. So we were Mariners fans, Seattle Mariners, in New York. They were playing the New York Yankees. New York is buck wild, if you've ever been there. And the people are buck wild, too. Um, but we were a family of five, balling on a budget. So my, my dad bought these bleacher seats, uh, which is not necessarily a place you want to bring your family. Uh, we'll just say that. Uh, people are getting crazy. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a little wild. And so uh, our pastor that was with us, He's like, Brett, I'll give you 20 bucks to go down to the front with your brother and hold a sign that says, go Mariners. And I was like, bet. And I went, and they, people started throwing their hot dogs at me and my brother. And I'm eight, and he's 10. No joke. They're throwing hot dogs at us and their beer cans. Get the, you know, cussing at us. I was like, what? I was like, oh, my, my dad's like, oh, you know. He's like, he thought about the first hot dog that threw My dad was like, oh, I'll fight this guy. And then when 14 other ones flew, my dad's like, you know, I don't like my aunts. So good luck, kids. Uh, so... But anyways, when it came time to leave, it was like just after the seventh inning, my dad decided, hey, you know what? We're the Mariners fans here that got hot dogs thrown at us. So we're going to leave early uh, to avoid the crowd because um, my dad had small children and, and his first priority was to prote- protect us. And so we're walking through uh, the crowd and every, a lot of other people had this idea too. So it ended up not really working out. But you leave and then you're through this whole crowd and then you go down to the subways and there's more crowds and you get on the subway and there's uh, everyone. And you could get lost so easily in New York City. So you know what my dad did? He said, grab my hand. He didn't give me directions of where we were going. He didn't tell me, Brett, take a left here, take a right here. All he said was grab my hand. And I ended up where he was. Because he walked with me hand in hand, and I wasn't ever worried about where we were going. I didn't ask my dad, where are we going? I didn't say, uh, should we turn right here? Should we t-? I just walked with my dad. That's what abiding in Jesus is. It's not following all the rules so that you can get every turn right. It's simply just grabbing his hand. Or how about this? Who's got a driver's license in here? Anybody? Okay. So for all of you and everyone else can pay attention. Uh, when you and your friend are driving separately but going to the same place and your friend knows where they're going and you don't, which would you rather have? Them say, okay, so we're going to go out, take a right. We're going to get on the freeway. Six exits up. We're going to take a left. Pull a UE three lights there. And then take your first right, second left, and then it's the fourth house on the right. Or, or would you rather them say, just follow me? And once they say, just follow me, do you ask for directions? What do you do? Just follow them. So Jesus says, follow me. And we say, but where? Jesus, should I turn left here? Should I? And he's like, if you were holding my hand, you wouldn't have to ask. Right? 
So we get so confused. Where, God, where are you leading me? Where are you guiding me? What, what's this plan that you have with my life? Uh, all this stuff. And it's like, just, just walk with him. Amen? The fruit that we've been talking about, the different practices, the different things we're seeing, love, joy, peace, patience, all those things, the fruit aren't directions. They're landmarks. Showing, your, showing you that you're on the right track. So let me paint this picture. We th- sometimes we think that living the good life is the directions to Jesus. Living the good life is an example that we've been with Jesus. Does that make sense? So when I'm with Jesus, living a good life and bearing fruit is not directions to my life. It's a result of my life. And so just as if someone's following me, I'm not telling them directions, but I'll tell, I might tell them, hey, if, we, if somehow we get mixed up and you pass the water tower, you've gone too far. So as we're driving, we turn, we arrive, oh, I never passed the water tower. What does that mean? We're on the right track. That's what fruit is. So in closing, here's the question. How do I hold on tighter? Well, making conscious decisions to walk in the ways of Jesus, holding tight to him. Uh, But also, we're going down a different road here. Uh, John Mark Comer, who's this author in Portland that I've read too many of his books. I'm kind of obsessed. But he wrote this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is uh, part of the reason I want to do a series on hurry. But in his book, he talks about this thing called a rule of life. Everybody say rule of life. Not a rule like follow the rules. Like don't break the rules. It's what that was supposed to be. But the, the rule of life is more of like a, a ruler. You guys know what a ruler is. So it's just a straight piece of wood. Sometimes plastic now because, you know, it's the 21st century. But. A straight piece of wood. These things were, were and, and the, idea of the, uh, the idea of the word rule, like follow the rules, follow the rules. How do you follow the rules, right? The rules are there, like in a board game, to guide you. It's not supposed to be this oppressive thing. Rules aren't supposed to be. And so a rule of life is a guiding way of life, a way of life. Does that make sense? So we're, we're getting somewhere, and we'll end. But like a ruler, a steady line, a straight line, as something to hold on to. So when you, when you grow vines, if you ever get to this point in your life and you want to grow vines, you grow them against something, and that something is, is called a type of rule. So you might, grow, you might see vines growing on a fence. You guys ever seen that? Or vines growing on a pole, or gra- vines growing on a big wood stick, or vines growing on a trellis. A trellis is this big... Uh, it's either small, small, and you've seen it where it goes up like this, and it's got all the zigzags and, or the cross pieces, and there's vines all in it. Or a big trellis is something that goes like this, and they grow up on it, and it tr- turns into this like kind of cool walkway. So to hold on tighter, to grow better with the vine, we follow John Mark Comer's advice uh, with a rule of life. Start with daily rhythms and habits that sit you at the feet of Jesus where he's asking you to follow him. So the question here is, just like the vine, the vine needs to stay 
attached to, uh, the branches need to stay attached to the vine, and something that helps with that is the trellis, or a rule of life. So what are you doing in your life that's helping you stay attached to Jesus? What's, what, what are your daily practices that are helping you be with Jesus, that are helping you just sit down and, t- and, and, and spend time with Jesus? What are those things? And most of you in the room, or a lot of you in the room, are thinking to yourself, there's not much. Because I've been there, and I know. We love Jesus. We come to church Wednesdays and Sundays, and we're plugged in, we're serving, we're doing all this. But when it comes to the days that we're not supposed to come to church, we forget about Jesus. We just go to school, we do our homework, we play video games, we read a book, whatever, and we go to bed and we start over. We go the whole day without Jesus, and then we, but we come on Sundays and Wednesdays, but then we wonder why we feel like, remember my initial example of anxiety, that you feel like you're gasping for air? I'm pretty sure a branch that's cut off from the vine five days a week would be gasping for air. So how do we get reattached? How do we get back on? And these rules of life, these habits, these things that I taught you at winter retreat of how to start off your day, that's just a way to, like a trellis, to stay attached to the vine. Amen? Simply, and I'll end with this, we could stand up. If you don't get anything out of this whole series, and we're going to wrap it up next week, but if you don't get anything out of this whole, whole series, the one thing I want to get through to all of you is to just grab his hand and hold on tight. It's worth it. You'll make it through life. You'll make it through anything if you grab onto Jesus and you hold on tight. Because you'll never go thirsty, you'll never be found wanting, and you'll always produce fruit. Amen? So let's pray together. And then we'll hang out and have a lot of fun and all that good stuff. So, Jesus, we love you. God, we just thank you so much for who you are and how you lead us and how you guide us, God. And, and we thank you for this example uh, that you set forth in the Bible, God, that you spoke out that you are the vine and we are the branches, God. And, and when we picture this, God, it just makes sense. And so, Lord, help us, just like the branch attaches to the vine, help us to attach to you, help us to be stage five clingers to you, God, and to just never let go. God, help us to just love you with everything we have and every, everything that we walk through, every day that we go, uh, that we, every day that we live, God, every newsreel that we see that's scary, everything at school that stresses us out, God, help us to just reattach to you and to, and, and to get what we need, Lord, from you. And so help us to abide in you each and every day. Help us to uh, work things in our life. Uh, that help hold us up like a trellis would for the vine. And so we just keep the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.